0: Well, if you're just joining with us, you picked a a great Sunday to be here. Um, We're in the, actually, beginning a brand new message series, although it ties in with our last message series. You see, the last four weeks, um, we've been uh, talking specifically about something that Jesus said. You know, we set it up every week by saying to maybe those of you that are visiting or watching online, um, a lot of people in our culture, um, they're a little bit tired of hearing a lot of talking heads. They're tired of hearing a lot of opinions They're tired of watching TV and hearing this person say one thing and this person say another thing and this person say a completely opposite thing. Um, A lot of individuals would just love to get to truth. And in the Bible, it's pretty similar because I think there are a lot of people who have been jaded by church over the years. There's a lot of individuals that have heard a lot of biblical opinions, but not a lot of biblical facts or truths. And so the reason why I love this message series is if you came in here and said, you know what, Terry, I I appreciate your opinions, but I would just love to know what Jesus has to say about something, um, then you're in luck because the last four weeks, uh, we covered the first part of what we call the Beatitudes, which is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus Christ on the Mount of Beatitudes standing at the Sea of Galilee, um, he gave a message and he spoke directly to the people and he spoke to the church and we're the church. And in the first four weeks, uh, the first message series was entitled, uh, It's Not You, It's Me. Because the first four weeks, it talks specifically about in our hearts, if we are in a state or if in a place where we recognize who we are and who he is, that he is God and we are not, and that through him we can do amazing things, that truly it's not us, it's him. If we understand that, then we're going to grow in our relationships with God. But then as only Jesus Christ can do in the second part of the Beatitudes, this next four weeks, because there's eight total. In these next four weeks, he kind of flips the dial a little bit. Because now he's going to shift it because truly he's going to say, okay, there's some things that you have to do. So right now it's not me, it's you. And so over these next four weeks, you're going to see some specific things that Jesus challenges all of us in our daily lives that we're to do. And if we do those things, then we'll be acting as God intends us to act and we'll grow closer to God the way that God wants us to grow closer to Him. So if you're brand new, uh, let me catch you up. I'm not gonna bog down. I'm not gonna cover the last four weeks in about two minutes, but let me show you a little bit so that way you have context to where we're going next. So here's where Jesus starts. He's sharing with everything, everybody, and these are the first four Beatitudes. Take a look at the screen, Matthew chapter 5, verse three. It says, God blesses those who are poor, And realize their need for him For the kingdom of heaven is theirs And remember we talked about Not poor in resources But poor in spirit He is God and I am not And I need a savior The second one He said God blesses those who mourn For they'll be comforted In other words When we sin Or when we do the wrong thing Or we don't follow God That our hearts actually break It's not mourning over a death It's actually mourning over the fact That God you have a plan I'm your follower And I'm not doing your plan So my heart actually breaks I mourn He continues on and says God blesses those who are humble Humble, for they will inherit the whole earth, remember we talked not necessarily a humility in general, but recognizing i can 't believe that God would love me the way that he loves me i can 't believe others would actually think of me the way they do because i 'm a sinner, and when you understand that state and understand and wake up every day, every man in this room, if we wake up every day and realize you know what God, the end of the day i 'm a sinful man. And the fact that my wife loves me, or my girlfriend cares for me, or I have my brother and sister actually think of me, that is a blessing because the truth is I'm a sinful man because he is God and I am not. And that kind of humility goes a long way in life if we have it. And the last one he says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they'll be satisfied. And if you remember last week we talked about justice being not just our relationships with God, but that we should actually care about our siblings. We should care about our family. We should care about our friends. We should care about their relationships with God. And I challenged our church last week and said, as a church, do we care about our community? We have a lot of local missions that we do, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But are we being the church that actually cares about social justice? Are we being the church that actually cares about other people's relationship with God? Or are we self-centered about it's only about us and only about what we want? And that's when Jesus says, if you're like that, you won't be satisfied. But if you have a heart that says, we care about our community, we care about others, we care about the unchurched, our hearts break for them because the only difference between me and someone who doesn't know Christ is God's grace. And that's the only difference. And God said in those first four, he said, Blessed are you. And remember, we talked that it's not about saying, I will bless you if you do this. That's not what God is saying. Beatitudes actually means this. That's why they call it the Beatitudes. It means blessed. Blessed are those. That's why they call it the Beatitudes. But it's a state of happiness. That if our hearts are found in that place, that we will be a state of contentment. We will have a great relationship, God, and our hearts will be content. Those were the first four weeks. Some of you are sitting here saying, well, I could have saved four weeks and just come for this. That five minutes, do you have to talk so long every time? That was a brief introduction, but now Jesus is going to flip it and he's going to go to this. And I got to be honest, God has a sense of humor because in this week of all weeks, um, for him to pick this verse for my life um, was was very ironic to say the least because God taught me a lot this week, um, a lot and spoke to my heart a lot about this. So if you're taking notes, we're going to begin in Matthew chapter five, verse seven. So here's what Jesus has to say when he flips it. And says, now there are some things about you that I want to make sure that you understand. Take a look at this. He says this: God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who are merciful. Now, I think a lot of us Christians, there are many times we confuse mercy with another word, because I've heard Christians, including myself, talk specifically that you know what, you 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 need to give mercy, you need to give grace, you need to give grace, you need to give, you need to give mercy. And a lot of us in this room, if I were to ask you, is there a difference between, or what's the difference between mercy and grace? Many of us in this room would have no idea. We would just say, well, they're one and the same, mercy and grace, mercy and grace. And when I sat there and I looked at this, and said, God, you talked specifically about mercy and not grace. Is there a difference? Yes, there is. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to know, understand what mercy really is. Take a look at this. There's a difference between grace and mercy. Grace is the word charis, which is the Greek word. And it deals with a Cause. Let me explain that a little bit. Jesus came onto the earth and you can imagine perfect God. And if God had his way and this earth was perfect, there'd be no disease, there'd be no sickness, there'd be no addiction, there'd be no death. And you can imagine a God who is perfect to come here to earth and Jesus and seeing sin and feeling pain and feeling sadness all those things are associated with sin. Because if everything's perfect, there is no sadness. There is no grief because everything's perfect. And so what did Jesus do? And this made me appreciate who Jesus is. Jesus gave us grace, didn't he? Because grace deals with the cause. What's the cause of all these things that we have to deal with on a daily basis? When I have to sit down with a mom who loses a child at the age of three to a disease and she looks at me and says, how could God do this? It's really hard to unpack because there's no words that make a mom feel good at that moment. And there's nothing that a Christian could do at that moment than say, there are no words I'm about to say that are going to take that pain away. But I do want you to understand the heartbeat of God. God never intended for this to happen to your child because God intended perfection. And in God's world, it would be perfect. And in God's world, there would not be sickness, there would not be disease, and this would not have happened. And that's why Jesus came. Because Jesus came because God was tired of all of the sickness, all of the disease, and all of the death. And He loved us that much that He came down and said, You know what, the root cause? Do you know what my grace is sufficient for? Is sin. Because sin is the root and the cause of all of this that we have to deal with. So Jesus came not to be merciful because there's a difference. He came to give grace. And so he was on the cross. He took the sin which causes all of these things. And so Jesus gave grace. So when we talk, and I want everyone in this room, if you fall asleep for the next 20 minutes, understand this. There is a huge difference between God's grace and God's mercy. God's grace deals with the sin in our lives and covers it once and for all. So amen and hallelujah for God's grace in our lives. We should appreciate God's grace that much more because that's what it means. Now, many of you are saying, okay, get on with it. What does mercy mean? Mercy means this in the Greek, it means Elios. And mercy deals with the symptoms. And so as Christians, what is Jesus really saying? Jesus is looking at all of us and he's saying, because of sin, there are going to be my children, my people that are gonna be hurting And so Christians, I expect you to give mercy. I I deal with the cause. I want you to deal with the symptom. And so when you see someone hurting, I want you to have mercy. When you see someone in pain, I want you to have mercy. If you're taking notes, grace grants a pardon. Mercy gives relief. And so Jesus specifically says to all of us, blessed are those who are merciful, that recognize on our path, that see a need and meet a need and don't bypass it. You know, last week we talked about justice. That as Christians, we are to hunger and thirst for justice. And that's not just justice in our lives, but that's justice in the world, justice in our neighborhoods, justice in our community. And justice means specifically that we care about someone else's relationship with God. I'm so proud of some of the guys in our church because this week they showed mercy. There's an organization in town called New Directions, and an organization we partner with. and The director goes to our church, and and they do amazing work in our community, helping families, men, women, with addictions, with many different aspects. But there was a, a symptom and a cause because, in this world, if it was perfect, we wouldn't need to have resources because everything would be great. But because of a lack of resources, they have an area behind their center that is for kids. Because you can imagine a dad or a mom who is there for counseling service or to be there, they have to have a place for their children. And so to provide a safe place for their kids, every mom in here loves the fact when they go to a playground and the playground is enclosed, so therefore they can relax for two seconds because they know their kids are going to be safe. Well, at the center, not only were there gaps and different things, but the grass, the weeds, the trees had overgrown to such a state to where it's unsafe for a child to go in for all different kinds of reasons that you know, living in South Carolina, what they could get themselves into. And so it was overgrown. And so they said, we're having difficulty because these parents are wanting to come in and they're wanting a place for their kids, but it's causing a difficulty because moms, imagine if you had to go and have some adult time, but you're worried about your child every second of the moment, there's no relief. There's no mercy in that. And so one of our church members heard about this and rallied a group of our individuals because it's not about us it's about him and let me show you just a brief glimpse of what God did in mercy through a bunch of individuals from our church take a look at this Summer, they couldn't let kids play outside um, in their family shelter um, because the grass was too high and they couldn't have anybody uh, take care of it for them. And for me, I have two small children, and that really, uh, really touched my heart. These children are already in a less than a perfect situation not not their own doing Um, and to be able to come out here and create an environment where it's safe for them to play was really important to me Um, and and I thought that it was something that should be pretty easy for us to get enough people in our church to get out here and get it done so we can always use more bodies Um, if you have a weed eater or can push a lawnmower, then, then we can use you if you have a heart for Jesus we can find a place for you to serve So in just a a few hours, I heard stories of guys saying, this is easy. You know, when you have the tools and you have the right amount of help, we can knock anything out in a short amount of time. And I was so proud of a group of guys who, with their hearts, said, you know what, we just want to help. If you're interested in being a part like that on a continuous basis, whether it be at New Directions, whether it be helping in that, or projects that we see a need and we want to show mercy I want to encourage you whether it be on a communication card later in the service just to write down your name and your contact information um, it doesn't take much to make an amazing difference this morning i got a note from the director of new directions and they were astounded at all the work that had been accomplished in a short amount of time but through god all things are possible god blesses those who are merciful are merciful he continues on though in Matthew 5, 7, he says this, God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. And, and I got to be honest with you, this series, um, we're in our fifth week of this series. And anytime you try to teach on one passage of scripture, I said this in weeks before, it gets more and more difficult because we have unpacked what the word blessed means. We've unpacked different nuances. We've unpacked uh, scriptures that or different compare, contrasts and everything. And all of a sudden I get to this week and I take a look and it says, God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. I'm like, Great i got about 25 minutes to try and figure out how to talk about merciful and mercy. It's not going to be that easy. And so I was racking my brain saying, God, I've already talked about what it means to be blessed. I've already talked about all these things we've unpacked. I need something, God, because I'm really running into a roadblock. And then all of a sudden I said, Terry, just sit back, clear your mind of everything and let's look at the passage one more time. And I noticed something that I had never seen before. It says, God blesses those who are merciful and it doesn't say for they will be given Mercy. It says that they will be shown mercy. And I remember pausing and saying, God, is there a difference between what you give and what you show? Is there a difference between what we give and what we show? God, what's the difference between giving something and showing something? Is there there something in this text that you're trying to speak to me at a deeper level that I've been missing all of my life? Is there something in this beatitude that we are totally missing because we keep focusing on the word mercy and merciful, and we are not focusing on that word, what it means to show? So to define this, there is a difference between show and give. Take a look at this. There are many of us who give compliments. There are many of us who give love. There are many of us who give resources. And so a lot of us, we give those things. But there's one distinct difference between what it means to give and show. And it's one question that all of us have to answer. That when we give resources, when we give love, when we give compliments, are our heart's in it. Because the major difference between giving something and showing something has to do with the heart. Love, money, compliments that are merely given leave us feeling empty. That when you give something, it speaks to the transaction, but show speaks to the heart. I'm going to say that again. Giving speaks to the transaction, but to show speaks directly to the heart. There are many in this room that are giving their Christianity on a daily basis. There are many husbands who are giving love to their spouses. There are many parents in this room that are giving love to their kids. But the danger between giving and showing is the transaction. There are times when giving is necessary. But what Jesus is really saying to all of us is it's a matter of the heart. And so husbands, are you giving love or are you showing love? Parents, are you giving love? Or are you showing love? I had someone share this week, they grew up in a home and many of us did where a parent would say, do as I say, not as I do. That speaks to giving. But I think God wants all of us as Christians to go a little bit deeper than that. And what Jesus was getting to, if you fall asleep and you don't get anything, two words, give versus show. There are church members not only in our church, but across this country, that are giving Christianity. Their hearts aren't in it. Show up on Sunday morning, sing a few songs, go home, nothing changes. We've forgotten what church means. Jesus doesn't want a bunch of church members who give. He wants a bunch of church members who show. I think if we had a lot of us in this room who follow Jesus begin showing as opposed to giving, I think we'd have a line out this door of people that want to come in and hear more about Jesus. Because there are people watching us and they're expecting us to show. And they're saying what they're showing, if that's who Jesus is or what he's about, I don't want anything to do with him. And Jesus Christ, that's why I love this message series because Jesus is looking at you and me and saying, Terry, when was the last time you showed? Because you're giving a lot, but when was the last time that you showed there's a hurting generation in need of mercy that is shown and not just given this has been a difficult week in my life for a lot of different reasons and as i was studying that i kind of chuckled because god has caused me to reflect more on time this week But time matters And I think what the enemy would love for every husband or every wife or every parent or every single adult in this room is to think that time doesn't matter. It's okay, you can give this week. It's okay, you can give this week. It's okay, you can give in this scenario. It's okay in this circumstances. Dads, you can check out and just give. Moms, you can check out and just give. Single adults, no one's looking. You could just go ahead and give. But when you realize that time matters and time is short, That's why Jesus speaks to showing. I close with this. Years ago, God tried to teach me something about showing versus giving. And of course, as Christians, what we do, we learn a lesson, then we forget it and we move on. I was at my last church in Fort Lauderdale, which was in downtown and a huge area of parking lot that is not in a very nice neighborhood of town. And I was walking to my car and it was a little dark. And all of a sudden out out of the shadows came someone who obviously didn't have a home. And it happens all the time at my last church. We would always get approached by someone. And for some reason, this person came up and they looked and they said this. They said, I'm hungry. Could you give me a few dollars? And because the person said, I'm hungry, I sat there and I thought to myself, you know what? Their need is hunger. And so rather than me give them a few dollars, let me actually meet the need. But I got to be honest, it was all about give. It was just transactionary at that moment. I just was, I was looking at my watch and saying, I've got this much time. Okay. I got a few minutes. I can give the transaction and be done with it. And so I looked at the person and I said, I'll tell you what, there's an Einstein's bagels just down the block. I'll walk you over there and I'll buy you dinner. God has a sense of humor because the individual looked at me and said, could you hold on one second? And I thought to myself, I know for those of us that are in business or have work, we got tight schedules. So I know what it's like to look at someone and say, can you hold on a second? This person doesn't have a home. is standing out in the parking lot looks at me and said, could you hang out one second? As if you got all this busyness going on and I'm sure I'll just wait for it. So I just kind of chuckled and I'm like, what's he he got? So busy. The individual runs away from me. So I'm standing there and I'm like, God, what is this? What's going on? He runs around the side of a building. And when the person returned, I chuckled because the person returned with six members of their family. And I chuckled. And I gotta be honest with you, in my heart, the first thing I thought of was the give. The first thing I thought of was what it was gonna do to my wallet. And don't miss this. God convicted me. Because I literally heard God say to me, Terry, Terry, do you really think I can't outgive what you're about to give to them? Do you really think that if you do this, that I won't return it back to you? Are you really that self-focused? And are you really that much in the give that you forgot what it means to show? They came over and I smiled and said, follow me and Took them over to Einstein's and and they went to order and I told them, pick the cheapest thing on the menu. No, I'm just teasing. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But they got to order their food and I watched their faces as they said, they said, we'll just get something really small. And I said, get what you want. And to watch their eyes light up. The great lesson about that day was sitting down at the table with six people and looking beyond what I saw and seeing the story in the heart. I walked away that day different. I walked away that that day understanding the difference between giving and showing. I just wish I would have remembered it. So this week, are you just going to give, Christian? Christian? Husbands, this week, are you just going to give? If Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. Could you imagine if everyone in this room understood what it means to show versus give? And could you imagine the difference in our families, with our kids, in our relationships, if we just understand that principle? My prayer is that you walk out of this room and you start showing and stop giving. Would you pray with me? Father, I just... Uh, I thank you for the lessons that you've been teaching me this week. And God, I pray for every person in this room. Time matters. And God, we excuse away giving all the time. God, I ask for you to move. I ask in every person's life in this room. I ask for someone in here who doesn't even believe in you. I ask that they would break through their pride and that they would see that you have given us so much and that they would recognize that your message is that of hope. And your desire is for all of us to live in such a way to where we will know what it means to show. So God, I just ask your blessing on every family and every person in this room. I ask, Father, that you would speak greatly to our hearts. Father, we need rescuing from ourselves. And I thank you that you have the ability to rescue our hearts. So God, we bless you today. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna, I've asked Pastor Stephen to do something today. and You know, worship is not what you do with your mouths, it's what you do with your hearts. And that goes to the show. But what we do with our mouths is praise. So I'd love to close this service. After this song, obviously we'll give announcements, but I'd love for us to just worship And so just a moment, our worship team is going to lead us in a song, and I want you to worship with your heart. I want you to show him what it means to show Christ and not just give Christ. Father, bless this moment. May you be exalted in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.